Good evening, everybody. Um, we can go ahead and call this meeting to order, our school committee meeting for August 23rd, 2023, um, 7.03 p.m. And Recording in progress. Exciting because it's our first official school committee meeting for the new 2023-2024 school year. Um, so before we dive in, we will stand and pledge allegiance to the flag. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. So um, first on the agenda tonight is just approving our agenda. Um, does anybody have any changes? Oh, sure. Um, introductions, I did mention it's our first official meeting and we're about to hand it over to our new superintendent, but before we do that, we can just go around and introduce ourselves. So for those who don't know me, I don't know where the camera is. I don't know where <laughs> I'm looking. I'm, um, I am Lizzie Carroll, Dr. Elizabeth Carroll, the chair of the school committee this year. And I should also say, just excited to be able to um, launch our hybrid meetings and we're having our meetings hopefully as much as possible this year in this space so that we're able to be with members of our community who are joining us virtually. So I'll uh, pass it this way. And press the button. Um, Anna Varghese, a school committee member. It is my second school year with the committee. I'm excited for Dr. Burroughs, their new superintendent, and uh, my fellow committee members and um, um, Dr. Pavlicek and uh, Dr. McKinney as well. So excited for this year and uh, excited to be working together. I'm Bao Chu. i just a newly elected member. Um, I have two, uh, two children attending Cunningham School right now. I'm very excited to have the opportunity to serve the town and to work with everyone right here. Uh, Garth McKinney, Assistant Superintendent of Curriculum and Human Resources, going into my second year. I'm Pavlicek, Assistant Superintendent for, I guess, Finance and Operations now. Um, going into, I don't know how many years. <laughs> second in a row, one and a half. Peter Burroughs, Superintendent, going into year one. Really, really excited to be here. and. Um, this feels like the first official meeting, even though I attended one other meeting already. Uh, I've already uh, learned a lot about Milton, excited to learn so much more this year and in years to come, and a lot of great work ahead. Uh, Mark Loring, uh, first year school committee member, along with member Chu, uh, and two kids also at Cunningham. So very excited for the year. And we have two members who aren't able to be here with us tonight, um, Beverly Ross Denny and our vice chair, Dr. Selena Miranda. Um, so the four of us represent a quorum of the school committee. We're proceeding with our meeting. Um, and the next item on our agenda is to hear from you, Dr. Burroughs. I know you have a number of things to update us on as the school year approaches. Yeah, it's very, very close. Um, so 
summer, as you know, seems like it's really long. And then all of a sudden you realize opening day is next week. And that's where we are right now. Um, so we are in kind of the final week of preparing for both all staff to come back on Monday and students coming back on either Wednesday or pre-K and K are coming back on Tuesday after Labor Day. Um, so we are in the final, the final um, leg here. We've had a really busy hiring season over the summer. Um, things look really good on that front. Uh, we have a few open positions, a few last minute resignations that we're working through, but we feel pretty confident that we'll be able to fill those and are, are feeling like we are um, in a good, good place in terms of staffing, which I think hasn't been the case in the last number of years. Um, we welcomed our new teachers this week. Uh, we had around 40 new teachers. That number was down from um, previous year, which was around 60 or so. Uh, a, a really great group. We, got, we all got to present to them and welcome them to Milton. They um, seemed like they brought a lot of experience. It, it wasn't you know, 35 first-year teachers and a few uh, teachers with experience. It seemed like people came from really kind of different backgrounds and, and experiences. So that was kind of neat to spend time with them. Um, and they're, they've spent the last three days getting ready and, and getting training and, and working together. Um, since we met last, we've had a few retreats. So we had a, um, on August 7th and 8th, we had a um, leadership retreat with the central office leadership team and the principals. We spent two days, one day at Fuller and one day at Curry. And that was a real opportunity to bring everybody together and start to, to really kind of build coherence around how we're going to, um, how we're going to invest in the year. And especially this year during my first year and the, the entry planning process and all of the work that's underway, there's a, there's a lot of organization that we're working on to, in some ways, slow the, slow the wheels down a little bit and, and get everybody on the same page. And I think that's something as I would reflect on as I'm working with all the different constituents in Milton that I'm doing is, especially in this first period, is listening and learning and understanding where things are, but also helping other people to see where we are and, and um, throughout that retreat and we had a curriculum leadership team that's the full leadership team of that group that I just mentioned plus all of our directors who many of whom come and present to you over the course of the year um, that retreat was uh, this week as well and I think everyone is really really excited to get on a strong foundation and and start to build forward together and um, that's one of the things that I'll be talking about a lot um, this year. Uh, we've got a slogan for our opening day, Together United. And um, it definitely rang through of all the leadership in, um, in these retreats was the desire to, to, to kind of stop moving in so many different directions and, and really kind of take a pause and, and, and then commit to the work that we know is going to be meaningful and impactful. It was really neat in our, our um, retreat this week with the curriculum leadership team, and that's about 30 people. We, at the end, we, we spent a whole day kind of looking at our, the systems that are currently in place, analyzing them, talking about where things were working, where we needed to spend more time. 
And then they created action steps at the end and there were five different groups that did that. And it was really interesting that at the end of that process, all five groups, I mean, I think you two could speak to this probably as well, that they were very aligned in terms of the things that they wanted to see us doing as a, as a full leadership team over the course of the year. And they were around systems, around communication, clarity. Um, and so those are the things that are, it's, it's exciting to see people both really wanting to do that work and willing to do it and also having their perspectives be, be so aligned. So that was um, really heartening. We've had a number of, in, in terms of our schools, we've had a lot of events and um, socials and things like that. And some of you have, may have been a part of some of those at your respective schools. I know you were all connected to a school or schools. Um, the um, Pierce had a, a th I think it was a three-day summer camp for sixth graders. Um, there was there were events happening at um, other elementary schools with like popsicles and all those kinds of things. So we're all all the different communities are starting to reach out and and invite people into schools and and um, get the kind of energy going for the the kickoff. The opening day event is coming up on Monday, and you all are invited and encouraged to attend. It's going to be different than it has been in years past where. Um, we're going to actually have a presentation. I'll be do, I'll be giving a speech. Lizzie will be speaking. Ready? Um, and we'll be hearing from um, the association, and uh, we'll also Garth will be introducing our our new teachers, and then we're going and new staff, and then we're going to be going outside, weather willing, and we're going to have a kind of a community building event. And we've got a tent, it's on the way. Should be right. here Thursday or Friday. Okay. So the, and the, and the goal really of this, of this um, opening day is to bring people together, get people excited. And it's an opportunity for me to speak to some of the things that I'm talking about tonight in terms of the thing, kinds of things I'm seeing and also help people understand, you know, kind of where we'll be putting our energy and, um, and our intention over the course of this year. So I'm very, very much looking forward to Monday. Um, in terms of my listening and learning plan, um, the forums, uh, I don't have dates yet for them. We're finalizing a few of the dates for schools, but I'm gonna be doing uh, an event at every school as part of that listening and learning tour. Um, I'll also be working on or sending out, I've already worked on a um, survey to collect information from, from the community. Uh, one of the things that's gonna be important with the, the that end of that phase one on the entry plan is helping the community see and understand where we are. So this is helping me in terms of understanding, you know, all the different stakeholders that are part of our schools, but I think it's also important for the community to see and, and one of the things, as I've been working on my speech for Monday, one of the things that I'm going to talk about a little bit is, is the importance of our community being together and working together for the improvement of all, all students' outcomes. Um, so I think we have a unique opportunity right now to do that. You heard some new titles. So we, we got rid of four, which never sounded right to me. 
of makes more sense. So the new title, Assistant Superintendent of Finance and Operations, his former title was for business affairs. And then Garth has an of instead of a for. So his isn't as dramatic. And the other big change is um, director of student services instead of pupil personnel services. And she was very happy about that. <laughs> so we're we are updating uh, all of our documentation to to reflect that. And and I'm that that is one of the things that I've been doing this summer is just kind of looking at different systems and and talking through that and figuring out how we can make things make a little bit more sense. Uh, we have we have spent time um, as a central office leadership team talking a lot about the different roles and responsibilities of each position and and how to create real role clarity. Uh, one of the things people have shared is that sometimes they don't know who to go to for different things. And when everybody carries the same expertise, sometimes, you know, they might go to Glenn for something and then come to me for the same thing. But we're, if we're not connected and knowing the answers we're giving other people, then all of a sudden we've got like a, a bit of a, a, a chaos. So um, that's something that we are working on is, is doing that work with the leadership team, with that curriculum leadership team, and then more broadly to, to help support um, everyone in doing the work. We have, um, this week we, we uh, rolled out Power School. We had a few issues. You may have gotten an email that just up, updated the community in terms of some people you know, may have um, not received something or there were a few kinks in the, in the Power School software and it, we believe those are fully fixed. This is real wood, so. <laughs> Um, so that so we're working through that. Now, it, it is a, a great move going from the software program we had before Radiker to PowerSchool. PowerSchool is the gold standard across the country and uh, probably holds a monopoly on student information systems. But it, it's a good product. Uh, we, we also are working through um, bus trans transportation. Uh, Glenn has been heading that up and doing a great job. We don't, we, we have a waiting list and I, I think we usually have a waiting list, right? So that's a- For a few years. Okay. So we, we don't have enough spaces on buses for all. So all elementary school students receive a, automatically um, receive a seat. And is that in, within range of- Well, actually all, all who were eligible received a bus pass and anyone who wanted one at the elementary school got a bus pass. We had enough seats on the buses to accommodate all elementary school students who requested. Our issue is at the middle and high school buses, which have less seating capacity because the students are bigger. And the, um, we do have waiting lists on some of the high school, middle school buses. So that's what we're working through right now. Those are the situations where we're looking at ridership for the first couple of weeks. A lot of parents sign their kids up for those buses, but they're planning to put them over mm -hmm. and this, normally we're hiking two days a week and so forth. So until we get a decent look at the ridership over the first week to two of those buses, 
Um, we'll add some people off waiting lists and so forth. Um, we, we're hopeful that we'll get a lot of those people off waiting lists. A couple places are a little tricky. I think one of the things we're seeing is that uh, the other thing I was going to mention, uh, along with transportation, is the um, Milton Community Schools and early, you know the early and after school. So uh, I did check in with uh, the director Martha, and you know just even total capacity. We we're, we've increased capacity for after school by um, ten to twenty. At, at the four element at each four, each of the four elementary schools, um, doubled the size of the the before school, the ESAP program. Uh, but we still we have I think more interest, and um, so our current wait list is around you know roughly twenty five or so at each elementary school. Um, she is at capacity currently at Collicott and Cunningham in terms of the space and number of staff. So um, that's something that I think as we as we plan forward going to next year, and one of the things that came up, I think that maybe was talked about at the school committee was a, a lottery process for, um, there was a, it was a first come first serve at a certain time to sign up and, and she's mentioned moving to and we discussed it together, moving to a lottery system, which makes more sense so that people have a window to apply and then there's a lottery to, to be selected. Uh, one thing we, we um, could do in, in looking ahead to is what are the potentials to expand the program to need? But my understanding, Glenn, you might, I don't know if you know the numbers, but there has been a wait list similar to transportation for community schools in the past. It really um, kicked up after COVID. Okay. It was, it was with the reorganization of the program, you know, many years ago, it used to be you could sign up for two days and you'll not be able to three or you're only two hours and this and that. Um, but once we sort of standardized the program and came back from COVID, there's a lot more demand for it. And so that's what we're seeing. Um, that's a question. So, but the, the, so you said about 25 kids per site, right, are on the waiting list. The 25 families or 25 kids? I think it's kids. Yeah. Okay, so approximately. And the, given that it is a mostly, like it's a self-funded program, right? right. Uh, the restriction there is more is it more physical space or I think we've talked about previous years, it was like more staffing, their ability to like hire the extra staff that would be required to service those extra 25 kids? Do we know? I mean, I think you might know better than I do. They've hired more staff. It, it is hard to hire staff. I mean, they, they tried contracting with different groups to do some things over the last year yep. with some success and some not success um, in terms of the programs. I think... Uh, what uh, Martha was concerned about, too, is the ability to supervise the amount of staff that actually she has now between the, the high school students and, the, and the, uh, the teaching staff at that. So bringing it up further would also probably involve more 
oversight? You know, you need an assistant director. Do you need more, you know, higher levels of supervision and so forth? Um, I think she feels right now with the, the supervisory staff she has, she's probably at the limits of her ability to supervise the number of staff they have. But, you know, that's a reorgan administrative style reorganization we would have to look at to see if we could increase capacity that way. Um, you mentioned about how before COVID, um, this middle school had been running successfully, but like after COVID, we have higher demand. Also, have to do with how we have changed the two-day or three-day, four-day flexibility to nowadays a five-day requirement. Mm -hmm. Is it a possibility that we can go back to the two, three, four, five-day um, flexible schedule? In that case, it might, it might be able to allocate some staff based on how many students are enrolled in each day. It actually made it harder to, to get staff because you would not only was it two, three, or four, five days, but it was you know one hour, two hours, three hours. Or and maybe so we give figuring, up the out, hours. figuring out how many staff you needed at any particular hour at any particular day. I mean, you conceivably needed 15 different levels of staff for three different hours, five different days. And it was uh, it, it was very it was much more difficult to get staff because some staff were only going to be in two days a week or something like that. Yeah. So it it, um, it made it more difficult to schedule and made it more difficult to staff, mm -hmm. which is why it went to the other system. Um, of you know basically five days and then the full day again was had to do with the staffing yeah um do you can you hire some people for only two hours or can you have other people for three hours in the afternoon um and it was just it was just a, a difficult situation to hire into i i understand how difficult that would be and i also talk about not the hourly i'm talking about just probably required the family to sign up for two days, three day, four day, or five day, and choose which day they, they would need the service. So so the, the staff whom, who can also choose which day that they wanted to come into work. So in that way, we, we could probably say that, oh, maybe Wednesday is the day that we have the most students. Uh, we, we all obviously have to have a cap on how many students will be there because of the space issue, right? So in that way, at least we, we know that Maybe we have a hundred students wanted to come in on Wednesday. Then we need um, seven staff. Then, in that way, we we can probably able to hire staff easier. Also, by saying that oh, who might be willing to work on Wednesdays? It's just a many of the staff are not our day staff. Yeah, um, they come in just for after school and things like that. So, um, in a sense, having. Uh, they're trying to get hours, a lot of them, and mm -hmm. you know, uh, doing less than five days is sometimes less attractive than a five-day schedule for them if they're only working three hours a day. Um, you know, it, it, it's it's hard. I mean, it, it runs both ways, and I know uh, Martha looked into this when she changed the the, the model five years ago or so. Um, I mean, certainly you can look at it, but it's 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 difficult one way or the other to figure out how to get the staffing in there. Well, I definitely appreciate you're bringing the update. And um, I mean, having read through the minutes from our June meeting, actually, I remembered that we that we left off in June wondering about this because the enrollment registration thing had just happened. Um, so I think, you know, 
is possible. I guess I will keep my fingers crossed that something similar happens that happens with the buses in the first couple of weeks that it settles in a little bit. And people, I mean, I know that they track attendance and if you're not like fully utilizing the program, then that I know they may try to offer your spot to someone who really needs to be using it, who's on the wait list. So um, it's good to sort of know that they did, were able to increase capacity because I know that was something that had been planned for and but you know budgeted for with the um, increase in fees. So that's good to know. Um, and maybe if this is just something that we could sort of have another update on as we go forward to just understand how it's settling in um, as the year goes on. And I appreciate your point that like, yeah, there, um, there are many things, obviously we can continue to improve and this just may be one of them that we can think, think about towards next year. I think how you framed the, um, ideas about registration that some simple changes like you named would on their own, like already probably make the program more equitable, like in terms of access. So that sounds good. Um, but. Well, as I think we're, you know, as I mentioned, the numbers ticked up over the last couple of years. So I, I, I think this is not the only program that I think we need to look at and mm -hmm. determine you know, like what the, are we going to operate at, at this level? Is it important enough we're going to operate at this level? If there's additional cost, is that something that is going to be borne by families is that going to be borne by the district mm -hmm. like those are all the all the things that we'll look at mm -hmm. and determine you know where we go but it's certainly a need and mm -hmm. uh i think a lot of families you know there are there are communities that don't have this program right right and families have to figure out another way i think when you have a program and it's doing such making such an impact that this program is making um it's hard to have it almost there, but not meeting all the need, mm -hmm. right? So I think lo looking at how it could meet all the need would be uh, mm -hmm. a, a good in inquiry to make. Uh, yeah, I, I completely agree. I mean, I think the goal would be anybody who wants to be in the program, if we can let them in, in whatever way we can look into that. I think especially given it is at this point, a self-funded program, right? They like impact on the finances and the ability to do that. Like we have you know, 25 families who are willing to give the money that is required to go five days a week. Like, is that influx of, of cash enough to hire these extra people? And obviously if there aren't the people to hire, there's not the ability to do the program. But then I'd wonder like, are we posting for those positions? Are we looking for them? Again, is it not staffing? Is it space? Like, I think those questions to mine are there. Um, just from like a, to understand the 25 number, do we know about how many people are enrolled at each site? How many kids are enrolled at each site? I've, my like sense- 120, 110, 120, 130, something like that. Okay. In the after school and about yeah, 60 school, in the before yeah. school. So it'd be about like a 17% increase in terms of the total number of kids that they'd be overseeing across each site if we like allowed everybody in. Yeah. I, I want decimal points with that. <laughs> that was some quick math, uh, Mark. 
<laughs> I don't don't quote me on that. It's just an approximate. Um, yeah, I guess my other question is like, what is the you know twenty five? Obviously, a one to twenty five ratio of teacher to student, or like within a classroom. Um, for many people, would think like, oh, we just have to hire one other person. In an after school program, that ratio is Very much good. less. So you you got to hire more. So I just think like for. I don't know if y'all know that number, but like, what do we generally try and have the staff to student ratio at? Like, how many? There's a requirement, isn't there? Really? Sure, there. I'm not sure what the. I don't know what the ratio is here, but yeah. Okay. Well, I think even that just you know, if it's one to seven, right? You got to hire four more staff members in order to mm -hmm. kind of get to that. Not potentially even counting maybe additional. Mm -hmm. Also, in the after school program, a large number of the quote unquote staff are high school students. And that are being supervised then by adults to run different things and so forth. Yep. So there are always adults there, but I mean, it's it, when you're, it's one thing to be uh, supervising a class of 10 students, but a class of 10 students who have a high school student to, or maybe two high school students to help them with, you're supervising more people because mm -hmm. you have to supervise the high school students too, to some degree. Um, and so it, there's, there's a lot of uh, different pieces in there. Martha has depended a lot on high school students working for, especially in the after-school program. It's just, uh, without them, she really wouldn't be able to run the program at all. Yeah, they're great. She gets some great yeah. high school kids. They are great. I, I have a question. I remember hearing something about a course in high school where um, students who want to become teachers after they graduate, there's a course for them to they learn about what the pedagogy styles are and, and have some practicum uh, experience, maybe. Do we still have these courses available in high school? No. That was the preschool That was the child, care, uh, yeah. the child care program. We had a preschool in the high school, mm. which was three half days a week um, for, for, for preschool children. And a couple classes of high school students were taking this child study class um, that were interested in being teachers. And so part of their day was in the classroom and part of their day, some of their days were in the classroom and some of their days were at the preschool mm -hmm. with the younger kids. Um, that disappeared with space needs um, and, and a variety of things like that. Mm -hmm. um, plus, uh, a three half day preschool wasn't terribly attractive mm -hmm. to uh, most parents. Um, they really wanted five half days or four whole days or things like this. And it just became a very difficult program to actually attract preschoolers into. Because mm -hmm. it just it wasn't really an attractive option for most parents. I'm asking, just thinking about how you just mentioned about how the adults had to supervise the high school students who are working at the after school program. If we still have something similar for students who wanted to become teachers or maybe interested to um, to be a tutor or a babysitter or etc., if they can have the opportunity to learn about that in school and use the skills in the after school program, then they will be less supervising. I know that's been mentioned in the context of the land swap and the idea of the campus that there would be potential with that space to when housing the preschool program at the campus to then be able to incorporate that type of um, opportunity 
again, whereas right now it's just infeasible with the space issues. So I think that's something good to keep an eye on. Um, any other questions for Dr. Burroughs? Or do you have additional updates in back to school? We kind of- That was, no, that was, that. that was the, no, I left that for the end. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Ideally suited right where it needs to be. Um, no, I don't. I mean, I, I, uh, I feel like things are moving in the direction they need to. Um, there's, like I said, there's a lot of excitement and we're going to capitalize on that and yeah. create some good energy on Monday and, and get going. Uh, I have a question. It's just out of curiosity, because I, I noticed that the high school had orientation for only a couple hours, but the middle school had orientation for three days. That was quite long. <laughs> so I was just curious about, like, is it necessary to be three days long? I think it's, I, I mean, I, I don't know the ins and outs of the program yet, but I think the methodology behind it is, students coming from an elementary experience into middle school cognitively at that age have a lot of apprehension and need more structured time socially to start to connect and feel safe going into middle school like with the, with that transition so i think the idea behind that is giving them enough time to really get to know the, the students that they're going to be going to school with give them a chance to make connections. And over a couple hours, it's really hard to do that. Mm -hmm. the, the high school orientation, I think, is more about orienting to the school on an operational level and less on that kind of deeper social level that the, the middle school students, I think, probably really benefit from. That seems like such a much bigger, given the way our district is set up, moving from a small elementary school into the big middle school with everybody, even age aside, the that's such a bigger change than just going from Pierce up the road to Milton High School where you're continuing to be with the same kids and like you're already used to having different teachers for different subjects, for example. You don't like, that's a lot of the adjustments you've already made for middle school carry forward. I don't know because my kids are only in elementary school still. I'm just I'll be I'm gonna yeah, jump maybe. in just because <laughs> and we I can speak to this. <laughs> so we just went through Pierce Camp this week, so uh -huh. which was awesome. Today was the last day. It went from eight to two. Um, it's something parents pay for, so it's not like man, you don't have to do it. It's mm -hmm. just there's a session in I think in the July or end of June, and then yeah. um, and then obviously this week. Um, so they basically um, split them up. They have teachers that they're assigned to, and then the kids are kind of, you know, mixed up between all the elementary schools. So it's a really great opportunity for them to like meet other students and do activities. They, you know, um, they do certain activities every day. They get to have lunch together. So it's kind of a nice way to like ease in, mm -hmm. I think, because it, it is like when I went there last year with my oldest, like it was a big school. I was like, oh my gosh, there's... I don't, I don't think I can get from one end of the building to the other in three minutes or whatever it is, because all the, none of the parents could actually. So we were all terrible at it. So um, I think that was also really good for them to kind of understand and then figure out like for parents to like drop off, like all of that stuff, like the car lines, walking home for kids, like all of that was really helpful. Um, so yeah, 
Good to know. Yep. It's definitely worth it. I guess my only other thoughts too, when I heard that, I, I don't know if I knew it was three days, but I, I know I've heard within the community concerns around that transition, I think to the point you're making from the small schools into the middle school and right how the kids will integrate with each other um, and that being a, a point of concern. And I believe this effort is somewhat newer in the last several years. Like this is not a, maybe you can correct me. I always look at you. <laughs> I thought it was 10 years. years. Yeah, he's the only 10 one years, to look so at. I can't okay. quite recall how long this is. Welcome to Pierce. The, it's the, been quite, the orientation, the three-day orientation piece. It's been quite a while. Yeah. Um, According to the, the yeah. brochure, it says 10 years. Yeah, it's got to be at least yeah. 10 years. Yeah. There you go. Thank you. Okay. Well, I can share my reflection next year after my kid goes to Pierce Middle School. Okay, well, if any, if we don't have more questions about the opening of school, then the next thing that we get to do is approve the student and staff handbooks. Um, was there anything you wanted to like preface with that or? Um, I don't know if anybody has any questions or comments. This is something that we kind of do every year at the beginning of the start of the school year, um, approve these handbooks, um, which then, of course, all the parents receive and sign. So. Yeah, the, uh, every year we go through the handbooks, we update them, uh, every principal provides feedback and elementary principals work together on theirs and updates are made. Uh, we do share this with legal counsel too, just to be sure that everything is appropriate and um, everything that's needed to be covered in there is covered. And then it comes in front of the school committee. I just noticed um, I just noticed um, that you know, on all three handbooks, um, uh, we just need to update the homeless education liaison under McKinney-Vento Act. So that just needs to be updated. So that's... With the name. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I know that you um, sorry. Um, you have to yeah. turn these off and on every time. Well, you have that's to what he <laughs> recommended. Okay, I try to follow directions if people give me advice. It's a little awkward. Too. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, sorry. Um, you had mentioned that you, which we, I know we really appreciated having more time to review these. They are very long, obviously, um, and that you had given them to us sort of before last week, before they were all like completely. Finished. So I'm assuming there are a couple, like I, in Pierce, for example, there was one that was still needing, waiting to confirm if lunch was free per mass, you know, so those technical things I'm, you know, I'm assuming alike with that name mm -hmm. are being exactly. updated and addressed. Um, and so then really what we're here to do is approve like the overall um, content. Mm -hmm. um, and I actually just want to make sure 
Um, so if anyone else has anything you want to add, please go ahead and do that. But I, on our list of motions, we don't have the, um, the staff one there. Yeah, I noticed that too. Um, but we did receive the staff as a, an attachment. So that is one of the ones that we're approving, right? Okay. Mentioned so. mentioned staff in the agenda, but not in the motion document. So. Okay. Yeah. All right. So let, I'll just. Does anyone else have anything remember, before please. we make a motion to approve? I just actually had one question, sure. which was. Um, take a look I think this. it was under um, the absences, like like. It's a three-day period before the school contacts parents. Um, is that pretty standard? In Massachusetts, I'm not sure if there's, is there a standard? Three days, uh, are you talking elementary or? I think it's elementary and middle school. Yeah, I was gonna say, I didn't think it's high school. No. Um, with the high school, they send out something anytime someone's absent. I'm not sure what happens at the elementary school. Okay. Okay. Well, luckily that's something power school. Well, it does. Potentially mm -hmm. help with if the elder system could. Yeah. Well, that is one of the pieces of power school when they do attendance mm -hmm. can automatically generate um, emails or, or texts or whatever you have oh, put in yeah. to parents to say, so-and-so is mm -hmm. absent today. You know, it mm -hmm. has that ability. Whether we will get that turned on in the next week, let's talk about, don't, don't hold me to that. But. No, because I just wondered, like, if a parent doesn't call in, like, how do you how do you know, or do you go kind of go the whole school day until like your kid gets home, right? So I was just curious. Yeah, I found what you were saying, where it says each principal will notify a student's parents or guardian within three days of an absence in the event parent or guardian has not called the school. Yeah. But. I don't know if that's a lot quicker than yeah, I would say. Mm, yeah. That's happened the same day. Mm. Yeah. Typically, there are auto call systems within these things. So, cool. That was it. Had a question just about uh, middle school sports. I just, it's the first time I'd ever seen the listed uh, provided middle school sports, and the list was fairly short. And I know the town has many other right, really well-run kind of programs. And so maybe that's why they're not done through the middle school, but I didn't know if there was any context there of just, you know, no soccer, softball, baseball, um, which are all pretty popular sports in, in the town and not doing that through the school. Look at me again, aren't you? Of <laughs> <laughs> operation. Um, yeah, I mean, I will know next year. But, yeah, it, it, I know that, you know, track and, and some of these things have been running in middle school for quite a while. But you know, middle school sports have been, there have been fewer of them. Um, and I'm not sure exactly the origin of that or why, or, or are there more people playing in the, the town leagues and so forth? Um, well, less opportunity to play other middle school, uh, middle schools on a, on a basis or something like that. I don't know whether it's just the lack of the programs, and sufficient number of programs at schools in the area to make it viable. I don't know. 
We have a new athletic director. I mean, it's, it's one of the <laughs> things are really popular sports. Yeah. That, that, that no one is strong in too. Yeah. Yeah. So like, they're either playing on the, the, the town has decided to take it on instead of the school. And the town has a strong program with, you know, community members running that. Um, or the, there are so many students doing club sports like not town-based, but, mm-hmm. you know, like Metro, mm-hmm. FC, Metro, whatever, mm-hmm. uh, that most students are, are doing those and then going right into high school sports. Probably, but we can definitely find out. Yeah. I think that's one of the reasons track is so big at the middle school is because there aren't, other op- there aren't so many other options to do club track. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think track has always been, I think, probably the biggest of the middle school sports. Mm-hmm. They have that like ski program too, which is pretty popular. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is nice. Do you need a motion? I'm I'm ready to make a motion. <laughs> I can go ahead. <laughs> I mean, um, okay, I'll, I'll make a motion to approve um, the following. We'll do them all together on the 2023-2024 handbooks. So that includes uh, the elementary handbook, the Pierce Middle School handbook, the Milton High School handbook, the Milton Public School staff handbook, and the athletic handbook. Is there a second? Second. All in favor? Okay, great. That's unanimous. Thank you so much, Dr. Burroughs. And look, Looking forward to Monday. <laughs> and yeah, thanks for all the hard work you've all been doing to keep everything moving towards next week. It's exciting. <laughs> um, all right, the next is Citizen Speak. So um, I'm not sure if we have anybody present online who. Um, no one has raised their hand. Okay, so. If you are um, attending virtually and would like to participate in Citizen Speak, this is the policy we have set aside up to 15 minutes um, for members of the community to share um, their perspective with us and uh, for up to three minutes. So if you'd like to participate in Citizen Speak, please go ahead and raise your hand and we'll elevate you. There are no raised hands. Okay. And we don't have anybody um, in person with us tonight, um, but you're all welcome to join us. So <laughs> um, thank you. And uh, that, that brings us to um, the chair's report. And we, we have three items here. Um, which are really just continuations of discussion that began at our school committee um, summer retreat, which took place over two two Wednesdays in late July and early August, um, where the school committee was joined by Dr. Burroughs to sort of do some learning together um, and begin to, based on that, um, learning that, that we did um, to kind of start to plan for, for this year in our work. Um, and so 
um, the the first um, we're, we are not actually like voting on any of these items tonight, um, but we wanted to just create the opportunity to touch base on them again. Um, the three things that we're, that we're sort of here to talk about include the school committee goals that we will need to set for this new school year, um, our calendar for school committee meetings, as well as um, our work in, in subcommittees and advisory committees. So we'll touch base on those three things, just ha have the opportunity to like see what additional thinking we may have, um, and then we'll move towards um, votes to approve some of these items over the next two subsequent meetings. Um, so the, the first thing um, that we're going to touch on is our goals document, our draft goals. Um, and, you know, I just want to mention, I, talk, I, I mentioned the learning that we did, um, just for the benefit of the community members who, you know, were able to join our open retreat meetings, but uh, people were not there. So we'll, this is a chance that we can just kind of share out um, some of what we did during that time um, in, those, in those open retreat sessions. Um, we read a really helpful book called The Governance Core, which Dr. Burroughs had suggested as like a core text for us to just kind of anchor our work around. And it was really informative to provide us with like a framework to inform how we set our goals uh, for our work as a school committee this coming year. Um, I, I personally really appreciated the collaborative sort of way that we were able to work through that discussion and just it felt great to kind of thought partner with you, Peter, and all members of the school committee. We were all sort of equally participating and um, learning from the book and then able to apply what we were learning to how we were beginning to envision our work together. So. I personally really thought that was productive. Um, and one kind of um, thing about the goal setting then was that it was really collaborative. We were able to identify some key categories um, that we wanted to focus on. Um, and those were, as we see in our draft governance, um, student achievement and well-being and community engagement. Um, so, um, I did my best <laughs> to consolidate our discussion into this draft um, of the list. And at this point, I'd just love your all's thoughts. Um, sort of what do you think about this draft? Um, I feel pretty good about the fact that it's like concise and fitting on about two thirds of a page. So <laughs> I know we came into the process with a goal of being, you know, crisp and like able to really focus on <clears throat> what we're trying to do. Um, but I'll stop there. Like I'm interested in any thoughts that you all have and we'll just keep um, like to the extent any of you have input or want to help like refine some of these bullets. Um, I can take notes and then what we'll do is bring this back on September 6th um, as a, a document that uh, we can continue to discuss one more time, but then hopefully be able to approve at our next meeting. Um, so any feedback, input? 
looks great to me. <laughs> yeah, I can share. I agree with Val. Um, I think this is very reflective of what we discussed, and we put it in a very concise way. Concise uh, way. So, very much appreciate that. Um, my only two thoughts after reflecting on it um, was one, the you know thinking of like some goal around the space and school building issue right that obviously is a very central part of the conversation within the town the need we know within the school the impact it's having on kids and staff and not being really reflected in here you know i know in our conversations that is important and, and a priority and a goal of ours so like not having it be within this document um felt somewhat odd and I, I don't know if that then means it has to be a fourth and then you lose the power of the three but um, that that was one thing that I wanted to throw out there and then I guess the, the only other one and I shared this in our initial conversations was just the student achievement and then the uh, social well-being social emotional well-being pieces being linked um, versus like splitting those two up I don't have strong feelings but I, I remain with like the I, my thought of just the measurement pieces of both of those being pretty distinctly different in terms of like how we could see if we're doing a good job on those and like how those are improving, how we'd you know, look at student achievement and social emotional support within like the student surveys and family surveys versus MCAS achievement, interim assessments, whatever else we have within the district. Um, and you know, not, and potentially having those as separate goals in my mind allows you to like evaluate those both on kind of their own merits versus like saying, Achievement and well-being. Well, we're doing well in one area, but the other area is not doing well, and like maybe one masks the other or something like that. Um, but I, I think some of the feedback was like again wanting to make sure that within the goal, those things are, are linked. Like students achieve when they have strong social emotional support. Um, so wanting to link those within the goal. But just wanted to reshare that that thought as I was um, going through it. Yeah, I um, agree with that as well because I I think. They are distinctly different, but you know they are somewhat related, but not necessarily. And I think we need to look at each of them individually. And I agree with the part about the space needs as well, like incorporating that into this, because that will obviously be a huge focus for us this year. Um, I also just wanted to add that just like how informal and comfortable everybody is tonight is like thanks to you and like the retreat la the last you know, last month that we did, which was really helpful. So I think this is awesome. So it's fun. I could stay here all night. <laughs> Hopefully not. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. So just to um, follow up a little bit on like how we might potentially refine this to address the pieces that you both just raised. Cause I hear what you're saying about the, um, yeah, it's like a pro and a con of combining those two. Um, I totally agree with the idea of naming a goal around space. Like that's, that makes complete sense. I feel like, um, it would even seem to belong under that heading, whether it's, even if it gets separated out. I mean, clearly this, it's student achievement and well-being, like the space issue is a goal that belongs under that category or set of categories, right? 
is that how you think about it? Or would you think about it as its own category of? Yeah, I, I wasn't thinking about it within that category. I mean, certainly I agree with you, like the space, the whole idea of focusing on space is because we know the impact it has on students' uh, potential ability to achieve to their highest levels within the classroom because uh, they're not working in ideal spaces, neither are staff, and you know, the potential effects that also has on social emotional well-being as well. Um, that was not my original thought, but potentially maybe if they're just more clear, I think what you're getting at is like clear sub-bullets that maybe list yeah. out potentially like the facility piece, maybe list out like, you know, within the sub-bullets splitting out more clearly the achievement versus the uh, like achievement goal or social emotional or like restating those kind of clearly within like our. So, yeah, I mean, one, well, it could be like an overall heading of student success or something like that. And then there's, there is academic achievement under that. And there's um, social, social emotional well-being under that. Um, I mean, I think where I was going with the idea of the space as a, a bullet under there, it, it links to me to the one that's here right now is securing resources. I mean, that's our job as the school committee mm -hmm. to secure those resources to fully implement the pillars of the strategic plan as identified by the superintendent. And we all know that the space constraint is really impeding our ability to do that. So it's a little bit like implied here, but I, I agree that we should, I, we should like be, direct about that. Um, I, I like the idea of linking the space piece to the student success or however we call it, because that's how, that's what it's about. It's not a separate issue. And I think we, in our role and especially thinking about community engagement as well, like it's important that we can help everybody stay focused on that piece that like, to the extent we just talk about the need for this space, it's because we won't achieve the student success with a continued lack of the space. So, um, yeah, that resonates with me. I I do. I want to say though, I actually I like your current heading better than student success. Okay. Student achievement, well-being, and then. So keep that heading, but then add a bullet. On, like add a bullet that um, focuses on achievement. And then another bullet that focuses on SEL. What do y'all think? So that seems good. And then it would just mean conceivably we end up with like five bullets under this category, which is fine. That's how many we have under governance, um, you know. So I'm open to that. It will still fit within like three quarters of a page. Matt, <laughs> <laughs> what do you think? Will it fit on A4 though? <laughs> yeah, I, I think that would be great. Or is it possible to fit it into the second bullet of the second heading? Um, within the secure resources, just like name specifically? Such as blah, blah, blah. So that one is, I mean, the way that's currently written, it's trying to, it doesn't talk about academic achievement, but that's, 
And I guess it, student goal. outcomes are, yeah. So right. maybe what we should do is, and I remember this conversation we had at the retreat, we added that final clause of that sentence. So what about this? What if that bullet, the budget goal, just had a period after superintendent? Like we have that goal to secure the resources that are needed mm -hmm. to fully implement the strategic plan, period. Um, the part that talks about personalized learning, like that's academic, that's what we're talking about, being able to measure achievement, right? So then maybe we would, we could reword that somehow to address that piece, which I remember was the discussion we had, was the desire to have within our goals, um, the naming of like, ultimately we want our goals to impact outcomes. Like that's mm -hmm. right. Mm -hmm. uh, so, um, but maybe what that is, is just, it gets revised into word wording about academic achievement. And then we add a new bullet that names a goal of really like supporting that safe and supportive schools Pillar. Yep. That makes me wonder, would we then need a goal that talks about equity then if we're like, we're basically like calling out two of our three pillars? I don't know. Yep. <laughs> what do you think? Well, I mean, I think there's also, this could also be a goal of the facilities advisory too, right? The, um, the, re the resource and space goal. Yep. So, I mean, I'm just thinking if, if whether the, that needs to be for the whole school committee. Right. Right. It can be. Yeah, no, yeah. Or they could be shared by, they could be on, you know, the both. Yeah. I mean, my only sense and thought of bringing it to like, the primary school committee goals is just like, it, it feels like a primary concern amongst the community, right? Mm -hmm. Amongst families and communities. And as our, as representatives of that, like our time and stated focus being on the things that we know a most impact, right. And most support you and y'all's work in you know, improving student outcomes and student experiences and be like responding to the needs that the community has identified for their children that they're sending. Um, so yeah, that, that's why, again, just when I read it, I know there's a lot of effort going into that initiative as it relates to schools. Um, and so it felt not stating it within kind of these overarching goals, you know, just felt missing, um, mm -hmm. which is why I want to bring it up, but. Could do something where a, a resource goal that covers both budget and facility space. I mean, okay. you just say economic or uh, secure economic and physical resources to support blah, 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 or put your qualifiers in there, what kind of resources you're talking about, um, because they are all resources. It doesn't have to be just money. I like the note. Yeah, that's good. I, 
I think I agree with, I mean, yes, obviously the facilities advisory committee is most directly working on this. Um, however, um, I'm only one member of the school committee, so I can't say for all of us, for myself, I feel like we need to make progress on that this year. Or my personal opinion is we as a school committee will not have been successful if we don't have something to show that improves that situation in the short term by the end of this year but at town meeting. So, you know, something, I don't know what it is yet, but something that makes a, uh, makes it better. So I do agree actually, as we're talking this through that it does feel like something at the level of the full school committee, like we're sort of on the hook to address this for better or worse, like, yeah. <laughs> you know, um, and if we make it a goal, with our commitment that we've all made to really like stay in touch with our goals this year, revisit our goals, track our own progress. Like I feel like that just builds in some accountability for us to like focus on that and not let it just sit with the facilities advisory committee as you know, good as you are, you know, I don't want this to only be hanging on the two of you. No, I think, I think that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> but I like that idea, Gwen, of like connecting it to the resource piece. Like, I don't know. I feel like that makes it um, feel coherent with the bigger picture of our job around the resources. Um, what I typed here just if it's okay if we can just stay, spend another couple minutes like wordsmithing this because the better we do now the better the easier it will be to kind of approve this next time um so what i typed here now for that second bullet so i've kept this the heading student achievement and well-being the first bullet has not changed that's supporting the superintendent through his entry plan um and and what follows there um and that's actually where they're connected. So that's good. You know, that's where it's like um, to improve student achievement and well-being as connected. The next one I have now secure. Um, your suggestion was economic and phys physical resources. I added physical space resources like so secure economic and physical space resources that are needed to fully implement the pillars of the strategic plan as identified by the superintendent. So in the next bullet, I could use more help with because I've kind of put down there focus on personalized learning and what needs to happen for that to more fully impact student outcomes. Do you want to name academic achievement in that bullet? Like, especially Anna and Mark, what would bring that to the place where you would feel comfortable with it? Uh, I actually think of it like personalized learning. I, I think about providing the resources to the student 
in order for them to thrive in school. So that including maybe um, additional academic help or maybe providing a very up-to-date curriculum for the student to experience what they would be like after they graduate from the high school. So that piece is very open-ended. So to me, it's more like those things that might not be physically th that we are looking at right now, but is directly impacting the student in outcome. So I don't know if how you guys interpret this sentence right there. Yeah, I mean, the, the level of the sentence for the school committee to focus on personalized learning, I'm not sure what that means. Yeah, right, right. It's so maybe it's our goal is to monitor. I mean, we need to like identify the action verb of our goal. Mm -hmm. uh, what is it? Is it, are we monitoring progress on that piece? I mean, are we, yeah, because we're not, we are not doing that work That's ourselves, right? Maybe it's just taking out, maybe it's actually reconnecting the sentences now that we've added in the physical space resources and you just take out the focus on personalized learning, what needs to happen to more and just say like, as identified by the superintendent in order to more fully impact student academic and social emotional outcomes or just student outcomes in general. Like, I don't know if we want to say in their student mm. achievements and social emotional outcome, like, I don't know. Or we just say well, again, then aren't we kind of student outcomes. repeating the first, going back to combining yeah. them? Yeah. Yeah. Just maybe just change the second title to student success. <sighs> Everyone defines success slightly differently. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, to me, I guess I'd suggest like, I see it's either a combined thing where it's like secure the economic and physical space resources that are needed to fully implement the pillars of the strategic plan, right? We don't need to name each pillar, we're naming them there yeah. to take out the, the issue you were bringing up where like we're naming one or two of the three pillars. So to fully implement the pillars of the strategic plan as identified by the superintendent. So again, all of this is flowing through the superintendent uh, in order to more fully impact student outcomes and still trying to focus on student outcomes. So it's like combining all that into one as you had before, which essentially means like all we've done is we've added in the physical space and then we've taken out the naming of like just an individual color. So does that, ha where does that leave you in terms of think um, the idea of wanting to name each of them separately. I mean, I it does end up combining, right? Kind of back to combining. Yeah. I think that's my yep. 
I think we could. I think we could have. I think we could have the goal. The, have the language you just read out, Mark, and that is like that is a resource goal. Our goal there is securing those resources that support the full strategic plan. So that I like that. I'm open to the idea of creating, and it might be just under that. Like I don't know. This would get a little. Um, asymmetrical, but I'm okay with it. We could like create sub bullets if we wanted to really name the pillars in terms of our commitment as a school committee to, um, to those, then where, what I need to better understand is what, again, like is the verb, what are we actually doing with those pillars? Um, that's the key to make sure that this is these are appropriate goals for us as a school committee. Mm -hmm. I, I am, as we're now talking this through, I kind of do think actually, like if we are going to name, name two of the three, I think we should name all three. Yep. So I think actually maybe what we do is have three sub bullets there where we just state our, if, if we want to address them each separately that we want to, you know, so if we wanted to do that, I think we would just need to work with you, Peter, to like arrive at language that is, um, that can do both of those things at the same time, like allow us to kind of restate our commitment to those three pieces, which include equity in addition to personalized learning and slash academic achievement and safe and supportive schools or SEL. I mean, what do you... The one thing I would just mention is um, one of the things that I think we've recognized is the organization and the community has to, to catch up to be able to start implementing the pillars of the strategic plan. There's been a lot of... Since the plan was created, which it's still pretty young, right? It's still like mm -hmm. a year old. Uh, there really hasn't been a, an implementation plan hasn't been created thus far right. that brings together the entire organization and says, okay, to, to meet these three pillars, these are the things we're going to commit to. And here's how we're going to monitor progress. Here's how, how we're going to assess annually and at a mid-year cycle. And here's how we're going to know that we're making progress or not. So the one thing that, um, just thinking about the school committee goals and what's happening over the course of this year, my analysis is that the system as a whole doesn't need more inputs going into it on the in terms of initiatives. And one of the things that's come out of uh, a, a lot of conversations I've had and out of the retreat was uh, initiative fatigue. <laughs> So that's just one thing I, mm -hmm. I want to mention as we're as we're looking at this. Not to say that we the school committee couldn't, I think, um, express something in terms of uh, a support for and um, kind of keeping keeping those three pillars in, in a, a kind of a visionary way as we move forward this year and you know essentially organize the work. Is that that kind of is what this year is, is is organizing so that we can make really big strides as we go forward. 
Select grammatical point, as identified by the superintendent, it's not yeah, the strategic right. plan, it's the resources. So it should be the resources as identified by the superintendent that are needed to, fo to fully implement the yeah. pillars of the strategic plan. And at that point, if you wanted to name the pillars of the strategic plan, you could say colon, A, B, and C. If naming yeah. them is what you wanted to get in there, you could name them at that point without getting into the verb of what you would tend to do about them. Right. Right? So, so if you move that phrase okay. up to where the English teacher would tell you it belongs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously been and a while since I was an English teacher. <laughs> okay, so secure economic and physical space resources. And would that even be like financial resources? Is that financial or... Whatever, whatever adjective you want in there, financial, like economic, whatever. Clear, more clear for people. Um, okay, so financial and physical space resources as identified by the superintendent. That are fully needed. That are needed to fully implement, that, need that fully. To fully implement the pillars of the strategic plan. I think we should just leave it there. Yeah. Yeah. It's getting too wordy. What if, yeah, what if in the future the superintendent decided that the pillars is renamed, then we don't have to like come back and edit the document. Well, we it's every year. <laughs> in terms of your point, would it make sense to take the first bullet and I would write split and the split first it? Two. Yeah. So then it's just like essentially saying, because then to your point, if both of these are like Again, part of the entry plan, creating a, a coherent vision regarding related to these things. Like there's a coherent vision around student academic achievement and a coherent vision around student well-being and student wellness, which you know are obviously integrated and supportive of each other. And I like adding academic in there just so there's clarity on what that achievement looks like. Mm -hmm. um, student academic achievement. Yeah in the heading and the goal. Yeah. Okay. Um, so are you all looking? No. Okay. No, I'm not. The, the, the old document. Oh, you're in the, Someday. On the, on the yeah. Peter's on the same okay. document on that. Someday. You don't have access to I'm it. just gonna. <laughs> I don't say that. Oh, this is the, the PDF file. We can aspire to a time when we can all, in the context of a deliberation, which is what this is, yeah. we can be like working in a document together. Is that true? Uh -huh. So, um, I am, oh. I'll make sure. So, sorry, that's why I'm like making, I want to read these out so that, because yeah. you, you can't see what I'm trying to write here. So, so. The changes we just made were our first bullet is the same, except we've added um, academic achievement. Mm -hmm. And removed. So the way I, I thought was essentially take this whole thing, copy and paste, and then one of them though says academic, student academic achievement, and the other says oh. student well-being. Essentially taking the end okay. and creating two separate bullets based upon oh. instead of the end. Separates the items. So we're now going to have two, the first two goals 
I see are both about our work to support you through your entry plan yeah. to do that. Okay. Then the financial physical space resources. So then that stays, and then we can get rid of this idea of sub bullets. Don't. Yeah, we take out that as identified by the superintendent there. Yeah, we were yeah, take yeah. Out even also in order to more fully. Yeah, okay. So, okay. And so then that leaves me with my last question about is it. I don't really, I mean, I'm interest, really interested in what people think. We've not, uh, we know that equity is the other, the third pillar. Mm -hmm. We've not named it anywhere in these goals. Mm -hmm. I mean, almost similar to the space thing to me that if we're going so far as to like, which I think we should be doing, you know, um, be clear that we're supporting the superintendent on these, should we have one that advances equity, like it, in the context of the strategic plan too. Because then that does also, as we're working through this, it starts to feel like a little bit of like an omission if we don't yeah, so we're not have that word anywhere. specifically stating any of the three pillars, but our, our general thinking is that the, for the student achievement, academic achievement one is really supporting the uh, personalized learning, right? The student well-being is safe and supportive schools. And so, I mean, because, you know, I... I see what you're saying, okay. Mm -hmm. one. I, I think we are missing the accountability piece of our job as a school committee is to make sure what we, that all the plans goes as what we hope it would be, right? According to this governance core book, that's one of our main job mm -hmm. is the accountability piece. So we need to have one goal that says about evaluate programs with solid data. Well, I mean, we have, I think that the way we've gone about this is support the superintendent mm -hmm. is um, sort of, well, the way I think about that is we are here to support the superintendent to help ensure your success in achieving your entry plan which if you achieve your entry plan, if you, if you execute your entry plan, then we will see those outcomes. We will be evaluating the superintendent on how successfully he does that, basically. I mean, we're, we haven't gotten to talking yet about the evaluation process, but that's more or less what we are going to be doing, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, that, I, I agree. I, I don't. I don't consider the evaluation. I agree with you. The evaluation is a critical component of the work, but not that that needs to be a stated kind of like goal for the current school year. That is just like an inherent part of the job of of the work. And then the evaluation is our ability to 
at the end of the year, did we, how well did we as a school committee meet these goals? How well did the like superintendent help enact these goals? If these are kind of the directions we are trying to provide Peter saying like, hey, we want you to make sure you're, you're thinking about this, this, and this, and you know, all the things that he's already pushing through. So to me, it's making it explicit for, for us so that we can come back at the end of the year and do that evaluation as you, you talked about. And also, again, make it very clear for Peter in those, these conversations to say like, this is something we want you to be looking at. So later down the line, we, we're not like, why didn't you do this? And to say like evaluation of programs is just so broad, um, like what particular programs. And I think it's challenging for a brand new superintendent who hasn't implemented any programs personally. So those are my thoughts. So, okay, we've made a lot of progress. What do we think though about that question? I mean, you seem to just be pointing out that we've, we've not named the pillars. We've, we've gestured towards them. We've not named them using the terminology of them. Mm -hmm. So what, I mean, what do you think about that idea or any of, any of you about whether we would, could we add a third bullet? under, I mean, under um, the social emotional well-being one that speaks to equity as well with that kind of. I think that would do what I'm thinking about. Because I, we're not directly naming it, but it kind of associating it with that. And then we touch on the pillars at the end, which is kind of, okay, we need the space and financial resources to make all this happen, but we're not naming the pillars. So I guess um so within that second bullet around like student well-being naming like adding within there or or even giving it its own bullet if we wanted to go that route i'm fine with that but maybe it's not maybe it's not maybe it's using other words to describe it versus like writing like equity and learning mm -hmm. just like we did with the others just kind of explaining what those are i think sometimes to your point, like personalized learning, like, mm -hmm. you know, it's kind of ambiguous too, right? Like we haven't quite, so. What do you think? <laughs> um, I mean, I think, I think if you want to feel like you're being true to the three pillars and you're worried about it, I mean, I'm not concerned that the school committee is not going to be focused on those pillars. And I think what's laid out here speaks to, I mean, a, a lot of the, the, the issue with having equity as a pillar separate from the other things yeah. is challenging because a lot of these other moves are equity moves, right? Mm -hmm. or, or equity work. So I, I think, I think that's already stated in places here, but I think if you wanted to just, it, it if you're feeling like you want to share with the community and overall that we are committed, we continue to be committed to and are going to assess progress on the three pillars, you could just make a simple statement like that saying, you know, we'll continue to monitor progress on three pillars and state the three pillars. What if, so we could, we could do that. That would bring us more in line with like, I think what Bao was, you were just saying, 
before you just said that, as you were talking though, what I was thinking was actually that has been my personal, which I've stated back when we approved the strategic plan. My issue with it is the idea that equity is its own separate thing. So actually, as we're talking about it, to me, it probably might make the most sense to just add the word equitably to like to equitably improve student academic achievement and to equitably improve student social and emotional well-being. Like, cause that is the equity is not act that that's what the equity piece is. It, it is those two pieces just for every student. Mm -hmm. So what do you think about that idea? Mm -hmm. I was saying, I agree completely. I was thinking of putting it after coherent, coherent and equitable plan, but I probably like your location of equity better. Okay. Um, okay, so then I think the only, the last thing we have to <laughs> decide is just with what you just said, the, la the, the monitor piece. I mean, do you, do we want to add in? I, I feel like that could start to be redundant. Um, I, I have a broad definition of support. Yeah. To me, that includes that. I don't know what the rest of you think. If you want to get a little more like granular on that, it could be support and monitor the superintendent's progress toward, but I don't want to like become, I don't want to make it like, I think what, you know, our under governance, our first goal we named was build a collaborative relationship with the superintendent. So. I think I would like to not build in a tone that's like overly compliance driven in a way. It, I think that's also kind of understood, right? Like that, yeah. that's what we do. Yeah, right? I think so. I mean. It's your main job. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm with you. I don't, just my feeling, I don't have this strong belief that we need to have another bullet that just essentially renames the strategic plan. Um, I only suggested it because you've, you seemed like you kept coming back to wanting to state the three pillars. So, okay. So I think it seems like we can bring this to a pause. We are going to have another opportunity unless, or you have final chance to like weigh in with additional things, but like we are going to discuss this one more time, like also with Bev and Selena here. So That'll be good because then they'll be able to re, you know, um, understand these revisions that we just made together on that middle piece. Um, does anyone have any other? Did you add the equitable? Piece? I did. Okay. I it's, it's, I didn't add mine, and you're looking at the one. Oh. On. <laughs> why? How is that? Why you not different? Like wait, we're on different. I'm sorry. I don't. Because you're on an iPad. Oh, you know, it's, I don't know. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
Thanks. Okay, so this is my fault, and I apologize. I'm just on the wrong document. Oh. Um, what I'm going to do, because I did, I tracked changes because I was trying to be yeah. able to let Selena and Bev follow along with yep. what we actually changed. Smart. So what I'm going to do, but I, I'm pretty sure I have it as we all just, just talked through. So... I'm going to somehow transfer this into the one that we all see so that for our next meeting, that will be the version that we look at together. And that will be the starting place for the kind of final round of discussion. Okay. But thank you all for taking the time to talk through that because I feel like we just got it a lot better. All right. So can we transition to the next piece? Um, the next piece is the cat, the calendar. Um, so we looked at our retreat, we looked at our calendar, we kind of talked together about that, you know, ideally we want our calendar of our school committee meetings to support our goals, um, to support the entry plan, the strategic plan, to feel aligned. Um, the calendar will continue to just be a working draft. Obviously, it can be like updated and changed as we go. Um, but I do gather that we also have to approve it. Is that true? Not my experience. No. Okay. <laughs> I thought it was already published. Well, because that seemed kind of weird that we would have to do that. <laughs> so, all right. Um, then I guess our what we set up, because we, we calendared that we would discuss it today and on September 6th, and this is our time that we're trying to kind of like get it as good as we can. Uh, does anyone have thoughts on it at this point? So um, we are meeting, the Central Office Leadership Team is meeting next week. And in our last meeting, we talked about all individually looking at the calendar yeah. and from our perspective positions and then coming back together and talking about it, and reflecting on the school committee's goals, looking right. at what the the most um, meaningful kind of presentations and curricular deep yeah. dives and all the other things that we talked about bringing that to the school committee makes sense, okay. you know, over the course of the year, looking at it and aligning it with the budget process, with the site council presentations that are already on a number of those meetings. So looking at all of those things and and trying to create like a, a, a strong a strong year where there's continuity between presentations and it's, it's like I said, it's impactful in ways that we want it to be. So that's that we're going to meet next week. So I would have that information for our next meeting. September 6th. Yeah. Perfect. Okay. That's great. Um, at this time, let's see, we, you know, the one, um, 
kind of key change that was just in our control as a school committee, um, not necessarily like in collaboration with central office leadership team was this idea of having added in essentially quarterly um, what we were calling governance discussion slash workshop meetings, which, you know, as you kind of alluded to, Anna, since we experienced in our retreat, how constructive it was to just sort of be in conversation without a, um, action agenda of like the typical things. Um, do those dates, as far as people know, work? I know you said they yeah, they're just not reflected in the Milton School Committee calendar that was shared as a part of the materials. So on the, okay. the shared, which I think maybe is what is the difference within that other document, in the shared drive folder right under this today's meeting, which I really appreciate it. <laughs> helps me from yeah. downloading and then creating myself. Um, yeah, I'm that, seeing it. Yeah, okay. that, so this, so... I'll follow up with Charlene to make sure these changes get reflected. Because, um, yeah, I actually think I'll, I'll follow up with her about that. Um, just for us here, you know, let's table it. Let's just talk about it on September 6th. Yeah. But I think the goal would be that we can say, after September 6th, like those are dates that we're committing to. So then we can just hold them for, I'm not selfishly wanting to hold them on my own calendar. So <laughs> if we're saying we're doing them. All right. But any other thoughts on the calendar at this point? Um, we'll just bring it back when you can share some of that input, which sounds great. Okay. The last piece, this will be, I think, pretty quick, but... Um, you know, this part is more or less like an update for the community as in the reporting sense of our um, retreat, because this will also be a topic that we return to in the in future meetings. Um, but the third piece under this chair's report was the subcommittee advisory committees piece. And just to kind of provide the update that um, and give us a chance to touch base on this um, in case people have additional thoughts. But um what we talked about was the idea of um, kind of um, revisiting which advisory committees we have in terms of like um, their function, their um, sort of like how they work um, with the uh, really a goal, which we have named in our goals here about um, trying to gain coherence and be strategic with our advisory committee. So for the community, I think people understand, but it's worth like clarifying that the school committee has two um, standing subcommittees, finance and policy. And those two subcommittees are comprised of school committee members. Um, and those are important subcommittees that meet frequently and do work of the school committee that then comes up to the full school committee. So those are not changing. Those are just existing as they have been. Um, what we're really, what we revisited together was the advisory committees, which are very different. Like there's a wide range of them and they kind of have different um, purposes and compositions. Um, and so I, I, just to kind of consolidate where I think we ended up 
with that and then see what additional thoughts you all have. Um, we did talk about, and, and by the way, like, obviously we're going to move towards a vote on this decision. Um, I, I do understand that we need to kind of formally vote on which subcommittees and advisory committees we have for this, um, new, this coming up year. Um, but, uh, you know, obviously like as that gets formalized, any changes, we will be in contact with members of the, these advisory committees to help them understand if there's going to be a shift of any kind. Um, so if I'm about to like provide some updates on certain committees that might be news to people, like nothing has been formally determined yet. This is just like a conversation that we've been having. Um, so one thing we talked about was, um, the curriculum and instruction advisory committee, um, that we kind of discussed the idea that the, um, the content of those advisory committee meetings seem to be really relevant to like the full school committee in terms of, in you know, the goals we were just talking about. So we kind of talked about, I think that's what you were referencing in terms of the reports that would be brought to the full school committee, like, um, you know, bringing those rather than an advisory committee that report sort of summarizes those back to the full school committee that some of those would just become things that we all have an opportunity to learn about. Mm -hmm. um, and so that would be, that would be a change there. Um, we talked about um, the strategic planning committee, um, just the idea um and I know that the two members who've served on that last year and coming up are, you know, not here right now, so we won't go deeply into it. But um, the idea that, you know, it's a cycle and we are now like fully in implementation mode of the strategic plan. We're no longer in like strategic planning mode. So the advisory committee has been extremely useful, like over many years now in helping us develop strategic plans and deliver strategic plans. Um, and now that the focus is on implementation of the plan, it makes sense that the, um, like the monitoring of that progress really belongs with the superintendent. Um, and that progress should be tracked for the full school committee on that, but not necessarily like it just left us all kind of feeling like the time um, it's time to kind of bring closure to the strategic planning advisory committee as it has been. And that doesn't mean we won't still in, like seek community input in an advisory way, but um, I don't know. That was just the thinking as I understood it of our discussion. Um, the last one I think we talked about was health and wellness, um, because that will continue to exist as, as an advisory committee. But I think we recognize that we need to like potentially rethink, um, what the work of that advisory committee is. Um, it's important to have town input through that advisory committee. Um, it's important to be partnering with the Milton Coalition, which that is one opportunity and way we do that. But um, 
you know, well, I think that's very much, I understand is like in flux. We're trying, we need to figure out um, kind of, and, you know, Peter, you'll help us figure out how that makes sense under your purview. Um, anything I missed there, like in terms of that, that conversation, again, just our goals are to streamline the, the advisory committees um, to make sure that when we are holding meetings of advisory committees, that they are like vital meetings to be having, um, that they're a good use of everybody's time and that they are serving the like broader coherence, uh, not, not what you were kind of talking about before where we have like some siloed work happening. Um, so I'll stop there. Don't know if anyone has anything you want to add. Okay. So, um, we'll I think keep, you said that very well. We'll keep rise it very well. We'll keep talking about it. I mean, we want to be transparent. We want to be transparent, like with any changes like this that we're thinking about making. Um, and yeah, we'll just circle back on that topic. So um, I think where we ended up with that is we'll bring a proposal. Um, I think Peter, we said that we were going to work on that with Selena um, mm -hmm. and bring a proposal for us to consider to our next meeting, or it may be to the following meeting. Uh, but either way, you'll have like we'll all have something to kind of respond to in writing, and then we can um, go from there with any changes, whichever whatever changes we may end up wanting to make. Um, okay, so that I think just brings us to finance and some vendor warrants, Mark. Uh, great. Uh, finance, uh, we have not met, but we do have some warrants to approve. So I will make a motion. Uh, I will make a motion to approve the following. Uh, vendor warrant number 48, payable on June 15th, 2023, in the amount of $354,724.65. Vendor warrant 50, payable on June 29th, 2023 in the amount of $1,166,273.82. Vendor warrant 51 payable on June 28, 2023 in the amount of $259,989.20. Uh, vendor warrant 52 payable on June 30th, 2023 in the amount of $95,160.93. Vendor warrant one payable on July 13th, 2023 in the amount of $291,538.34. And vendor warrant three payable on July 27th, 2023 in the amount of $159,000. $32.59. Second. I just had, and if I, if we could get like a list of like what they, what, who we're about paying would be. Paying. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. 
And I know yeah, you I guys agree. haven't met yet, but like yeah. once you start meeting, it'd be great. Thank you. I very much agree. Um, do so I, I, I call, <laughs> great, do I call, I don't know if I do this for you. All right, uh, take a, all in favor? Yes. Great, motion passes, thank you. All right, so approval of minutes. Um, let's see, I think we were all present at both of these meetings, correct? So. We should be able to approve them in with one motion. The only thing is, we have copies of the minutes from the August meeting because once I again I didn't so. see that in the um, in so the folder. They were as an attachment to her to her email. It was a PDF attachment, um, but we can also pull those and put, do them next time. Was the August eighteenth email? Yes. Yeah. But the minute is about is for June fourteenth. There should be one more in there. This one is the student athlete handbook. Um, it's the first, the original email that was sent. Um, the student athlete handbook came out to as yeah, yeah. But, uh, yes, okay. I found it. Okay. You, I'm happy to vote on it. Just yeah, one so second. if we want to just take a couple minutes, it's Is it like this when, one? Oh, this one. It's an email that had eight attachments. <laughs> it's called, yeah, School Committee Meeting August 23rd is the title. And then the document is August 2nd, 2023. So we'll I found it. For two minutes. Okay, so we'll just take a couple minutes for people to be able to read. Sorry about that. That's fine. So that's, I was, I'm stuck in my old ways and I was working off the document that was the attachment to the email, not in the Google. Right. Right. <laughs> we actually need, actually, if we have the folder, we shouldn't get attachments to the emails anymore. Right. That could right. be confusing. Yeah. It's just a lot easier. Yeah, yeah. It's just yeah. all in the folder. Mm -hmm. yep. Oh, sorry. Thank you. Sorry about that. I was muted. All I was saying was um, <laughs> we were just finding the minutes in the... <laughs> in the attachment thrilling stuff uh, i'm i'm fine too okay all right um does anyone have any comments or edits to either set of minutes okay um well then in that case i'll make a motion um oh no i lost my motion Paige, do you have it? Make it. Okay, thanks. <laughs> Make a motion to approve the Milton School Committee meeting minutes for June 14th, 2023 and August 2nd, 2023. Aye. <laughs> Second, okay. Second. 
All right. All in favor? Great. We passed those minutes. Great. Thanks, everybody. So that just brings the next meeting agenda items. Um, so we're going to have additional back to school updates, um, having actually started school, which will be great. Um, we're going to continue the school committee goals discussion. Hopefully, we'll get to vote on our goals. Um, we'll, yep, we'll revisit our calendar. We will review, I have on here, we'll review a draft cover sheet for the superintendent evaluation process. Um, and then, is there anything else? In the master schedule, yeah. it says spring 2020. Data presentation. Is that, is that still I happening? I don't believe we'll have, do you know if we'll have all of our data by then? Six. Six. We can do it next time, September 20th. I think our data people are doing nothing but power school at the moment. Yeah, so, yeah. I wouldn't How's ask that them this week, but. Yeah, I wouldn't. I don't think it's I been publicly released. Yeah. <laughs> We've missed a lot of their own deadlines, Jesse has, in releasing. Mm. So I can confirm with the okay. data team and then when we meet to agenda plan, we can either keep that or move it to the next one. That makes sense. As of right now, September 20th looks empty, much like <laughs> less packed, you know? Um, so, I mean, I know it looks like we're talking about the advisory and subcommittees again at that point. Um, so we'll just hear from you what as you figure it out. Sounds great. Does that spring data presentation include like MCAS as well? Okay, cool. Okay. Any other agenda items for the next meeting? You'll let us, you know, probably not for the next meeting, but going forward, you'll, you know, you'll tell us if there are things that you're, mm -hmm. are going to get slotted in. Absolutely. Okay. Um, great. Well, Finance will have met not by the next meeting, but by the one after. So September twentieth. Um, by the twentieth. So I have the I have the end of year report, um, quarterly summary, but I haven't given it to finance yet, which is why you haven't seen it. So okay. as soon as they see it, that'll come forward here. We'll probably by the twentieth have an initial pass on the breakdown of the twenty four budget. I mean, we had a proposal for. That was approved by town meeting, but we've got to break it into an actual budget for this year with the actual staff and et cetera. And I've got to, um, I should have that by the 20th because I've got to get it into the town's accounting system. FY 25. 24. 24, sorry. Actual budget. Yeah. Actual budget. I, that's right. I remember now. Okay. So, and then school building committee facilities. We just had a, yeah, I mean, we'll have an update for next meeting on the, we just had the meeting today, just before this one, the facility advisory committee. Great. And then I'm sure myself or Dr. Miranda can provide a SPC update on the recent meeting. Uh, any recent meetings? Do we want for the September 20th to put anything about moving back to the transportation or the um, community schools conversation given that? 
You're saying at that point we might know um, more about where things land with the waitlist? Sure. It's I mean, maybe we'll just like see how it's going, like, and you can keep us informed in your updates. Just since you, there's like obviously the standing superintendent's update. So the other thing that I'm working on that we've discussed is a monthly report. Okay. Um, yeah. And that is going to start in October. That will be from the central office leadership team and from principals. And the, the goal is to provide meaningful information about the, the work that's happening at the school level and, and at the central office level in, in a written form to the school committee on a monthly basis. Oh. Um, it looks like we have a policy meeting scheduled for September 14th, so we might have an update for that as well on the 20th. Great, okay. Okay, so yeah, I'll follow up and get and reconcile these versions of the calendar for us. Um, and great, well, 901. <laughs> so um, I guess I'll make a motion to adjourn. I'll second that. Okay, all in favor? Great. Thanks, everybody. Thank you. Awesome. Congratulations.